right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have an amazing guest today, Gabe Peterson. Say hello, Gabe. Hey, Aaron. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks a lot for joining us here on this beautiful Friday. Oh, I like when you sip the water there. It, uh, that's interesting. It's, uh, it goes to the green screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you, listeners. As you know, my name is Aaron Fragnito, the co-owner of People's Capital Group. We buy apartment buildings in New Jersey. We've been doing this about 10 years. But Gabe Peterson, you are a similar uh, character to me. You've done fix and flips. You've done wholesaling. Now you're breaking into the... Uh, uh, syndication space with mobile homes. So I'm glad to have Jan here. I was on your podcast as well, the Real Estate Investment Club. There it is. Absolutely. Yep. Gabe, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you mentioned it. I, I kind of followed the same path. I feel like that is uh, that a lot of investors um, follow. And it's funny, I say this uh, on my podcast quite a few times, but like when people get started in investing, I feel like the, the first step a lot of times is wholesaling. You know, mm -hmm. they, they go to the, whatever the course that they want, that they went to, they read the books, they hear about wholesaling. They're like, all right, this is exciting. I can get into it without having a lot of capital. Um, I can make a little bit of money and then I can use that money to put into other things. Um, but for some reason, everybody that I talk to, their first wholesale is always $5,000. I don't know why it is. There must be some magical real estate law out there. Um, but when you do your first wholesale, it's going to be 5000 And that's exactly what happened with me. Um, I, I did my first wholesale deal out in a small town out uh, here in Washington State in, um, where was that, Bremerton. Uh, it was a little small. It was like two bed, one bath, 800 square foot house, really small. Um, I, bought, I got it under contract for... I think it was $60,000, which is really low here in, here in this market. Um, and then I sold it to a friend of mine actually for 65. So $5,000 wholesale fee. And that's how I, uh, I kind of got into that aspect. Um, from that point on, I started going into single family, multifamily. So I bought a triplex or I bought some triplexes, duplexes. Um, and I did fix and flips. Uh, I do not recommend anybody, you know, I got into real estate kind of looking at HGTV being like, oh, that's so cool. I really want to do that. But wait um, a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute, Gabe. I saw on TV, you buy for a hundred, you put a hundred into it, you sell for 300, you make a hundred thousand dollars in profit. I saw it on TV. The guy's <laughs> driving a Mercedes Benz. Don't tell me the reality TV is not true. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's how it should be. And that's how I thought it was going to be for me. And so I did, I did a couple flips and it is not, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. Fixing and flipping, um, I have a lot of respect for people who make that a business. I know some people, they're, they're killers at it. You know, they got <laughs> the processes down, but it is, it's hard. Um, I, uh, I did a few of those. Uh, you know, I made some money, probably 30000 on, um, what the, I only did two of them. First one I made, actually, I made a good sum. I think that's what got me, you know, excited about it. It was like 75000 So it was, it was a good amount. Um, second one, I made thirty, but the the time that I put into these projects, like mm. I looked at aisle, I uh, I did the demo work, I um, you know, I did a lot of the actual work besides the electrical, uh, the plumbing, and that kind of stuff. And it's just the the return on investment when it when it comes to your time um, for fix and flips, unless you have just a killer team, it's just not there. So mm -hmm. I moved on from fix and flips. Um, I have buy and holds now. And as you mentioned, me and my partners are getting into uh, mobile home parks, mobile home and RV parks. 
Uh, we've been doing wholesales for mobile home and RV parks. We're doing our first acquisition. We're closing this month, actually. It's a 20, um, as is, is a 28 space um, with ex potential for expansion to 36 on the current lot. There's an additional lot on the side of the, of the property um, that has an additional 40 lots. So we're trying to get to 80 lots total um, on this guy from 26. The cash flow is really good. We got seller financing. I love seller financing. Um, it's kind of an interesting backstory because the, the guy that we bought it from, um, he is a huge potato farmer out here in Washington state. And so he's like, like potato kingpin. If you can think of uh, <laughs> whatever the equivalent is, he, he, Hey, he that's a good guy to know. You know, exactly, I mean, right? listen, the potato caused an entire famine. You know, I, my family wouldn't have been here if it weren't for the potato. So <clears> there you go. go. That's my Irish blood. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, he's, he knows he, he's in the potato business, um, but he wanted to make a themed city. So he bought this land out in George. It's called uh, George, the city of George, Washington. Mm -hmm. um, and he bought pretty much the entire city and wanted to make a themed city. And, uh, you know, he, time went on um, and he realized that it was too hard to make to do this. You know, his, his real skill set was in potatoes. It wasn't in land development. So he had the city. He tried to sell the entire city. Um, didn't work out. And then we came along. We're like, hey, we'll buy this one lot, this one mobile home park in your city. And, uh, and he said, sure, let's do it. Sell the financing. So we're closing wow. this month and we're, we're really excited for it. That's an awesome story. No, I, I love the, uh, how you get your first deals. And you know, it's funny, the first monies I made in real estate was $5,000 as well. It wasn't a wholesale fee, but it was a commission. And it was exactly $5,000. Now, the crazy thing is my broker took uh, 4,500 of that 5,000 and said, read the fine print, uh, in which case I went and changed brokers the next day because uh, I realized I was working for a thief. But basically, uh, yeah, that's a good number to start at, that 5,000 number. That's interesting. You know, and, and, and I love the potato farmer story. The first building I bought, the uh, landlord, the, the past owner, went around to all the tenants and gave them uh, the information for rent control. So he said, <laughs> he was yeah, like, like telling, he was, you know, when he owned the building, rent control, you know, the, land, the tenants didn't need to know about rent control. But since he was selling it, he did <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, just going and notifying every single tenant of the rent control laws. And he was like, thank you, sir. Thank you for that. <laughs> you yeah. can exit now. Yeah, you're a huge help, Mr. Landlord. Uh, no, that, that's awesome. And um, so, you know, we are investing right now. We're looking into higher cash flow areas, such as short-term Airbnb uh, rentals and uh, rural areas in New England which we're just crushing it on right now. We're looking at the numbers. We're like, all right, it's crazy how, you know, we bought a property for 60,000 in uh, Vermont, put 30,000 into it, and it's grossing 6,000 a month in cash flow now with short-term leasing. Everyone and their mom wants to get away, you know? What and, kind of, this is just one uh, Airbnb? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're buying the right area in the right rural markets, you know, in your ski resorts or in, in desirable New England markets, two hours from Boston, four hours from New York, um, that's actually something we're opening up now. Um, and, uh, just totally on, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be talking about it yet. You know, it's a uh, top secret stuff here. No, so. That's really cool. I never, uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. So that's something we're kind of internally opening to our investors. We have different pools of investors and people we work with, but, um, so, you know, we're looking more at cash flow, and, and it's all about cash flow, right? Um, 
So mobile home parks, is that the main driver of why you got into mobile home parks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the main reason that I um, got on board with the idea. Let's say that. So my, uh, my partner, I have two other partners in this. Um, and uh, it was actually one of the partners. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine if I share his name. His name's Jan Wanat. He runs a, a really big um, uh, uh, real estate investing Facebook group called Wari in Washington State. Um, and he, you know, I, I, got, I got in contact with him and he was thinking about mobile home parks, um, investing in mobile home parks. And I was like, all right, that sounds good. He, he you know, kind of sold me on the pitch and that you're right. It is very, it's more cash flow um, intensive and there's not a lot. What I really liked about it is that there's not a lot of repairs. Um, when you own multifamily, single family, even commercial, you know, you have to fix toilets. You have to fix, uh, you know, broken electrical you have to fix broken windows, anything, mm -hmm. any time of night, um, people will be calling and there's, sure. there's issues that pop up. Um, with mobile home parks, you really only own the infrastructure and, uh, and people pay you to, to rent out the lots. They still own their homes. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it's a lot less uh, intensive when it comes to uh, maintenance. Um, you don't have to have as many people on staff and the cash flow is really good. So we uh, were aiming... Our goal is between a nine and 12 cap when we buy parks. Um, and that's for mobile home parks for RV parks. It even goes higher than that. Um, 10 to 14 cap. Um, so the, the cash flow is a lot better, um, on the mobile home park side. Mm -hmm. the, the disadvantage, um, I will say is that, uh, you, when you sell, you're not going to be selling at low cap rates, like, you know, um, apartment buildings, if you got a 10 cap apartment building and then sold it for a three cap, you would, you would have a huge <laughs> windfall there, but mobile homes, you, you sell at the same, relatively the same uh, cap rate there. Sure. Sure. Well, um, and that's kind of what we uh, focus on in North Jersey is we do equity investments. So we're buying a $3 million building right now that we're going to uh, force equity into by increasing the cash flow, you know, lowering our expenses, increasing the rent roll repositioning the building and then doing a refinance to harvest that equity over a four year period or so. And that's a nice payday on the refinance when you, when you force equity into a building, especially you buy it at the right price, of course, make your money when you buy. But, you know, so that, that's nice, but that's also a bit of a, 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 um, a slow build in real estate. You know, it takes a little time to get your cash flow out. So we are looking at then the other side of that is more cash flow intensive investments like the short term rentals, you know, and, which is kind of the other end of the spectrum. It's funny, you're, you're investing in stuff where, you know, just you're buying the infrastructure and then the people are responsible for the land. With short-term rentals, you're kind of responsible for everything, but you, we charge a premium. Yep. You know, it could be $1,000 a night for a property that costs us, you know, 180000 or something. So, you know, if, we, if you spruce it up the right way in the right areas. So. Yeah. And um, I mean, in, in comparison there, I mean, if people, if, you know, people who aren't familiar with mobile home parks, um, our rent, we're in a, a relatively desirable area. Um, and our rent is 350 a month. So it's, it's super low. Um, and so obviously you're going to have more spaces, but, um, you're not going to be charging as much, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, there's pluses and minuses to each side. And, and do you find that, um, people are, interested in mobile home parks right now like it is kind of a hot topic you know apartment building syndications has been pretty hot for some time now i feel like mobile home parks you hear a lot about them was the capital raise you said you're about to close on it was the capital raise pretty easy or was that a challenge because of maybe for oh i don't want to deal with that uh part of society that that could be tough to deal with sometimes you know yeah so um we have not 
you know, between the three of us, we have uh, quite a large network. And so we haven't had an issue raising capital with this particular property, with this uh, mobile home park that we're closing on. Um, we actually didn't have to raise capital. We did it all ourselves. We negotiated a pretty low down payment. Um, and so we're just bringing in our own capital and, uh, and it's going to be, we don't have to, you know, do any of the disbursements or anything like that. So, um, capital was super easy on this one. We just had to talk to ourselves. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that's good. That's good. So you write a check from your checking account for $2 million. That's a good, uh, skill to have. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like you negotiated seller financing, which, uh, tell the guests a little bit about that. What's seller financing? How does that work? Yeah. So seller financing is when you make the seller the bank. Um, a lot of times we always push seller financing because in our opinion, it's the best way to go. Um, it's easier for closing. It's easier for capital. It's, it's easier all the way around and it's better for every party. Um, now, when you're talking with sellers, a lot of them who are not familiar with seller financing, they'll think you're going, you're trying to pull one on them. Like you're trying to you know, screw them over somehow <laughs> mm-hmm. um, comes from ignorance. It comes from, you know, being afraid of something that they're not familiar with, which is completely understandable. Um, but seller financing is it's really when you're putting the, the seller, the person selling you the property in the position of the bank. So they become the, the mortgage holder, the, the note holder. And so what you do is you can go to the seller and you can be like, Hey man, um, I want to buy your property. I would like you to finance the balance. I'll put a down payment, say 10% down. Um, we'll use easy numbers. We'll use a hundred thousand dollars. I'll give you $10,000 right now. And then you can finance the, the $90,000 remaining. Um, and you can negotiate an interest rate on it. So, you know, seller financing, usually it's a little bit higher than you would a con- conventional bank. So you can negotiate. Um, we actually got a really, really good rate on this. I think we negotiated 4%. Um, but Very nice. normally it's about, you know, 6%, anything like that. And so the seller, the reason it's been, it's been more beneficial for the seller is that they get that interest They're you know, they're holding this note and they're essentially the bank and they get monthly interest payments. Um, so you can, I mean, there's tons of ways to negotiate seller financing. Um, so what we did is a shoot, what did we do? We did a, I think it was a five-year balloon. Um, so we have a 30-year amortization period. Um, and then we uh, will do a, a balloon at five years at the five-year mm-hmm. mark. Um, so what that means is that you're, you know, you negotiate, we'll use that $10,000 or $100,000 purchase price example. Mm-hmm. Um, $90,000 is what the seller is financing is he's the bank now. And we're paying him interest on those payments, just like you would the bank. Um, sure. And for five years, he's going to get those payments and he's going to have an interest payment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do interest only, which is even better, but we're not. We're doing principal and interest. And then at the five-year mark, we're going to give him a, a lump sum. Um, and that is the balance that is remaining on the note. And, uh, and the reason we chose five years is because, um, you know, we have this huge plan to, to do development, to, to get it to 80 parks or 80 pads. And once we do that, we're going to refinance, go to the bank, refinance like you would in a burr. Um, and then we're going to use that refinance to pay off the, the outstanding debt um, on this property. So seller financing, if you, can, if you can really communicate the benefits to the seller and the benefits mm-hmm. are they make more money. Um, which is an easy sell for for most people. You just have to get them comfortable there. If you can communicate that, it is killer for everybody involved. Um, easier to close because there's no you don't have to go through a bank. You don't have to go through all the hoops that banks look, yeah. require. Um, and you can usually get better terms um, mm-hmm. because you're negotiating with the seller. Now, let's say you were to get a regular bank loan on this uh, piece of uh, property. Are the rates higher for RV and um, mobile home parks than your, say, apartment building? 
Um, yeah, so we tried. We had a 121 pad mobile home, or RV park um, under contract right before this that we were going to close. Um, and we so RV parks and mobile home parks are kind of, they're considered the same, but when it comes to bank lending, RV parks are super hard to get lending on. We found, sure. um, and so we we were just having a hell of a time. Um, we went to every bank we could think of, asked, you know, come on, you guys, somebody give us a loan. This is a great asset. It's underperforming. We can do some great work to it. Um, and it'll be performing, you know, like, like gangbusters in, in a year. Uh, but we couldn't get lending on it. Um, some people did quote, it was a little higher. I think it was, they were lending at like 4.5%, which at the time was a little bit higher than what, um, that's still not bad. Historically speaking, that's a phenomenal interest rate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot what the original question was, but yeah. RV well, you, are, you answered it. Yeah. I mean, so basically the funding can be difficult. Um, it sounds like the terms aren't that bad, but they, I, I love seller financing. One time my partner and I bought a three family uh, in uh, West Orange, New Jersey for about two seventy five. We got a seller financing loan on it. Uh, I think we put down like $10,000 or something. And um, basically, uh, yeah, a year, uh, about six months later, we refinanced the property, appraised it like three fifty. So we pulled out about 70% of that. We got enough to basically pay off the seller. I think the 10,000 bucks we put in stayed in the deal or so. But to this day, we own the three family. We cash flow on it. We have 50 to $70,000 equity. And, you know, the seller was happy because he got to kind of, you know, get a deposit in. Um, also, he, we, my argument to the seller was, what are you going to do with the money, right? You're going to sell this building. You're going to walk away with $250,000 what are you going to do with that money? Where's it going to be investing? What's it going to be earning? And similar to when you're building a relationship with a private investor, you talk about their financial needs and what they're planning on doing with the capital. So a little tip for people listening, if they are looking to negotiate seller financing, what I've done in the past is said, listen, what's the, what do you make on your blue chip stocks? You know, and they'll tell them, okay, I make 6%, you know, and that's what I'm going to do with the capital. And I'm um, so, okay, well, you know, 6%, that's you're going to make on, that's not guaranteed. It might go up, it might go down. And, oh, I have an annuity that can guarantee 5%. Okay, well, that's, that's good. Um, what if I told you I can match that, you know, or, you know, I could even do some this or that to do a little better. Um, that was the conversation we had, you know, upon also building rapport, not to mention you're a borrower. You have to show that you're a businessman with integrity uh as well um which anytime you're doing a transaction you want to you know kind of show that to all parties involved or anytime you're doing business you want to have integrity <laughs> right but uh how is how was that a little bit of how the negotiation went when you went to negotiate seller financing um yeah so i mean this he was he's the, the seller um was a pretty well-known businessman and so he mm -hmm. he was familiar with seller financing in this situation mm -hmm. Um, and, and he was on board. He was like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Um, mm -hmm. That hasn't always been the case uh, in single family. I it is like pulling teeth. Sometimes I, uh, people are very averse to seller financing. Um, but I've found that it's, it's usually because they don't understand it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I sell my properties, I will for sure do seller financing. I think it's a killer way to, to sell properties. So um, I it, it generally when, when, when I, what I've found is that if, when people push back, it's because they don't understand it. Um, there's negotiate, there's so much creativity that you can do in seller financing and that uh, you can make it beneficial for both parties. Um, you know, what we do when we, when we offer on single family, multifamily, 
is we give three offers. Um, one will be all cash. It's going to be the lowest amount because we're going to flip it. Um, two will be uh, seller financing with just equal monthly payments. This is going to be the highest uh, dollar amount, but um, it's going to be split up just over, you know, split up equally over a certain number of months um, without interest. Uh, and so they're going to have the highest cash flow that way, but they're in the, in the end, they're not going to get as much money. Um, and they're also going to have a higher down payment. So we usually do 20% there. And then the third one is the interest only um, that we offer. And that's usually the one that people like because they get the most net, um, net amount back. Um, so they'll, they'll get their interest. They'll get uh, um, the interest payments. They'll get a down payment, which is going to be lower than the equal monthly payments. And then they will get their lump sum um, after the end of 10 years usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a way for the seller to save on taxes as well, because, yep. you know, you're getting paid in little bits. It's a way to earn a good interest on that, that money as well. Um, and if the borrower doesn't pay, you can always take you know, back the property through foreclosure uh, as the uh, note holder, worst case scenario. Or if you're really savvy, you take the note, you get it performing, and then you sell the note for more money, right? Is that what you're, you're planning on doing? <laughs> That, uh, that is, that's something my partners have done, but I've, I've never done that. You know, cause if I don't know a whole lot about this, uh, but from what I understand, you know, obviously a performing note, people will pay for that. You know, sometimes we'll pay a premium for it. Yeah. Um, if there's a balloon coming up, you know, that'll be uh, beneficial to, to note holders. And I guess, you know, there's a market just like there's a market for real estate. There's a market for notes. I've seen it. I'm on those websites and stuff and Hey, you find the right buyer. You could, you know, because like the problem is you sell a piece of real estate, you want your money, right? Like, you know, if you sell real estate, you get 10%. That doesn't maybe allow you, you know, for as a flipper like me, I need that cash, all that cash to go do my next move, you know? So yep. I, I kind of need my cash and I need it now. What's that commercial, right? So uh, at the end of the day, though, with the seller financing, yeah, if you get the note and you get it performing, maybe six months of payments or so, then you can sell the note on the open market um, and maybe for a premium, you know, you get even more there. So, I mean, listen, real estate's crazy like that. There's a million different <laughs> it's very creative. avenues you can go, you know. But yeah, at the end of the day, man, be the bank, hold the notes, hold the real estate. I look at real estate as a, um, uh, an avenue to retire, you know, personally. And, um, of course, I think in the next uh, 10 or 20 years will be at a point where uh, I'll have the option if I want to work this hard or not, you know. And I think you're on, in the same boat there as well, right? Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. So Gabe, what are your goals uh, long-term then? Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, so the, for mobile home parks, um, we're, we're trying to get a thousand uh, pads under, under uh, management, um, which seems like a lot, but it's really not that hard um, mm -hmm. because there's a lot more pads in a mobile home park than there are um, in, you know, general multifamily. Mm -hmm. Um for I also have goals with podcasts. So uh, the little thing behind me is Real Estate Investing Club. Um, I'm I started this during COVID because uh, I was doing a lot of networking in um, pre-COVID. Uh, COVID happened, and all of a sudden I was just uh, I was in my room <laughs> for 24 hours a day, and uh, I needed ways to continue to you know meet people, network. Um, so I started podcasts, and it's been uh, it's been taken off, and I've been having a blast, and so. Um, I'm hoping to grow that too. Um, 10 years, that's a, that's a long time. I'm not sure where, where the goals will be, but we'll, we'll see how it evolves over time. Great, great. And uh, how can people reach you and what, what are you looking to uh, help them with? What are your goals? Yeah, for sure. If, um, if people want to re reach out to me, uh, you can go to um, therealestateinvestingclub.com. 
um, and just click on, there's gotta be a contact button in there somewhere. I, I made the website, so it's gotta be in there. Uh, um, and if people want to reach out, um, what, sorry, what was the second part yeah, of that? They go, well, they can go to your website, realestateinvesting.com. Uh, what was it, realestateinvestingclub.com? Yep, therealestateinvestingclub.com. Great, great. And, and what are, are you looking for right now? You're looking to build up with private investors? You're looking for deals? What, what are you mainly looking for right now? Um, both. So private investors and uh, people who have mobile home RV parks. If you, if you know of a mobile home or an RV park um, or, or an owner and uh, they're you know, getting to the end of their career and they're looking to, to sell, um, we would love to buy it from them. So send me their contact information. I'll give them a, give them a call, give them a chat, um, and we can go from there. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Any parting words for our listeners? Um, yeah, absolutely. If you're just getting started or you're, uh, you, you've started within the, the last few months, um, just keep going. That's my advice to you. It's, uh, it's hard at the beginning, but um, don't give up because it does change. Um, there's going to be times when you're going to be like, man, I want to quit, but don't do it. Don't quit. Don't listen to that voice because uh, times will change and, and you'll get to the other side pretty soon. Well, as uh, Winston Churchill said, when in hell, keep going. And, uh, <laughs> I, I guess uh, I should write that down on my chalkboard over here. I mean, that, that is definitely, it, I think any, as any small business owner right now, when in hell, keep going. Although I got to say, things are starting to pick up again. It's getting pretty busy. So overall, uh, you know, tough times, but, but we're, we're making it here. We're thriving. We're pivoting. We're learning more things. And you know what? This has helped us realize that, Holy mackerel, there's a whole world online with webinars and there's a whole world out there of different real estate investment opportunities you don't want to close your eyes to. So, so we're growing here as well, People's Capital Group. And guys, if you want to learn more about how you can qualify to invest with the property you see here behind me, a property similar to that, or even our upcoming uh, cash flow heavy opportunities or short-term rentals, which are very exciting. We're putting that out to qualified investors in the next few months. Go to peoplescapitalgroup.com, fill out your information, fill out the qualification form there, check out our YouTube uh, videos on the People's Capital Group YouTube page, and our passive cash flow podcast is all over the podcast platforms. I'm Aaron Fregnito, your host of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. Thank you so much, Gabe, for coming on and enjoy your day. Keep, keep that good. That's a money making face right there. Look at that face. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me on. And thanks for the compliment. It was great. Uh, great conversation we had. Definitely. All right. Thanks a lot, my friend. Have a good one.